I'm Mimi Gerges. The story behind the iconic song Amazing Grace has been made into a musical. It's the story of the man who wrote it, a slave trader turned clergyman. With his hands, John Newton enslaved thousands. But with his words, he helped to free millions. How could something so beautiful come from someone so wretched? Welcome to the Mimi Gerges Show. Sometimes called the world's most famous hymn, Amazing Grace was first published in 1779. The words were written by British clergyman John Newton. He was a slave trader, an atheist, and his profanity was so bad it was shocking even to sailors. But during a very bad storm at sea, John Newton found faith in God and began to turn his life around, becoming a leading advocate for ending slavery. His life is a subject of a musical on national tour called Amazing Grace. I'm joined by the creator and writer of the musical, Christopher Smith, and one of the lead actors, Isaiah Bailey. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Glad to be here. Chris, you're a former police officer from yes. Pennsylvania. How do you go from doing that to creating a Broadway musical? I wish I could tell you. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it was a long, painful process, uh, but it was a love of this story and uh, just a conviction that this had to get out there. And uh, I'd been a songwriter, I was a folk songwriter and things like that. Uh, but to go from helping people in a police setting to uh, doing a, a huge musical was a huge uh, transition. And uh, you know, I had a lot of help. I had a lot of people who uh, shepherded me along through it. You just kind of went into the library one day, picked up a book at random, it happened to be the biography of John Newton. Yeah. What was it about that story that struck you so much? I think it was how, uh, you know, our desire as human beings is to be loved in spite of our faults. And this man had so many faults and he had so many things in his life to regret. The fact that he could have this transforming experience and then go out and live in freedom and bring freedom to others was just, it was just fascinating to me. And you know, it sounds cliche to say, it happened in a flash, but it really did. Uh, mm. As soon as I read the book and I got to the end and it said, oh, and by the way, he wrote Amazing Grace, uh, that was it. I called my wife and I said, this is it, this is a musical. But you didn't like quit your job to do this crazy oh, thing. No. no, it took years. I, I wrote for 10 years on my own when I worked as a police officer and I worked with uh, youth in a church and uh, and went along and went along and went along. And then finally, uh, in 2007, decided, you know what, this is it. We're going to raise the money. I had a local business partner uh, named Rich Timmons, who was uh, in Bucks County. And he said, let's do it. Let's raise the money. We started to do that. And then my investors came back and they said, Chris, you know, you can't be playing in traffic anymore. You, know, you might get clipped by a cab and the show will never get done. Uh, so I had to leave it. What was the reaction when you kind of, as this total newbie, no experience, you, you know, you're not a known writer or creator, said, hey guys, I want to do a Broadway musical? Yeah, it was hard for people because I was so uh, unindoctrinated in the Broadway world that I didn't realize that you're not supposed to write the music lyrics and libretto at the same time. It's there, almost no one does it. So when I came with everything, they were terrified. And they really sort of, uh, and that's why my mentor, Arthur Jerome, was brought on the project was because of this trepidation of, you know, how, how is this guy going to do it? And I had to prove it every day. I had to go in and bring the goods. I had to have, 
story that was compelling, lyrics that were, you know, gripping and rhymes, and, and then I had to, you know, uh, compose the music. When John Newton in the lyrics of Amazing Grace calls himself a wretch, mm -hmm. he was not exaggerating. Oh, uh, yeah. He really was a wretch. Mm -hmm. he, had, he had a tremendous uh, wealth of things to look back on in his life and regret. And sort of the miraculous thing about his life is that he could step through that and live this life that was dedicated to liberating others after years and years and decades of, of being a key in the slave trade. His father ran the Royal Africa Company. He wasn't. That's what I wanted to ask you is yeah. how involved was he in the slave trade? Oh, he was completely involved. And, uh, and he said, he reports at one point in his writings, he says, not only did I never think that slavery was wrong, I never heard anyone say mm -hmm. it. And it really shows how a culture can become so uh, hooked into evil mm -hmm. that they, they don't even realize it. And uh, one of the things that we portray in the show is that when he went to Africa, uh, at one point he actually was enslaved. And an African uh, warlord princess named Princess P.A. Uh, treated him as a slave, and at that point he got to see what he was uh, doing to other people. But even that <laughs> didn't change him. No. Your father knows your back, and he's mad as a hornet. I don't care what the old man thinks. To be truly alive, You know, Isaiah, the part in the in the musical that is really the most shocking to me was the auction. It mm. was a slave mm -hmm. auction. Yes. Can you describe that? Yes, uh, the slave auction. They um, uh, at the at this point in the show, uh, John has just returned home, uh, and he wasn't expected to be home. Uh, his father comes, and then he has to leave, and uh, the auction starts, um, and you see the slaves being brought on stage and um, just the sounds uh, of, of, of crying and, and hurt and fear uh, that's coming um, from within. It's, it's just so hard to watch. I sit off stage and I watch it every day um, because I want to have that, uh, I want to have that feeling and that conviction um, of what it was like. Well, I can't really experience what it was like, but having a, a little taste of what it was like uh, for them and what it could have been uh, like for them. Uh, it's it's so real and it's very uncomfortable. And the, the character of John Newton, mm -hmm. when he's doing the auction, like, hey, who, who wants to pay for this mm -hmm. guy? Who wants? He's looking out in the audience yes. Yes. as if we're the ones bidding. Yes. And that made me very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. don't look at me. I'm not right. involved in this. Right. Right? Right. That was the hardest yeah. song in the show to write that song where Why? he's, uh, because uh, just to get in that space of selling human beings and helping the actors through, it took a long time to sort of bring the actors together because you have to, 
the actors have to feel safe, they have to feel trust. Our director, Gabriel Barry, helped that mm -hmm. along. But the only way I wrote those lyrics was to not think of them as human beings. And if you read those lyrics, they're actually written as if he was selling washing machines. Mm -hmm. mm. And that is the terror of it, that he is selling a human being as a product. Very you know, hard. he says something interesting, mm -hmm. the character of John Newton. He's justifying himself, and he goes, I don't decide what people want to buy. Right. Sugar doesn't just show up on your table. Mm -hmm. Cotton doesn't pick itself. Mm -hmm. This is the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. And those are the real <laughs> justifications. I mean, yes. we went through and we found the justifications that were real. One of the things we, we did from the start as a whole team is that we were going to be honest. And when John Newton speaks as an atheist, he speaks as an honest atheist. When he speaks as a slave trader, he gives the real arguments. Mm -hmm. And then, once we get to the end, once we see the forgiveness scene uh, between him and Pakuta, uh, Isaiah's character, it's real. We've earned that. Mm -hmm. And this is something the, the uh, actors do every day, is go out and earn the right to portray that transformation. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, Chris, tragically, in parts of the world, there's still a slave oh, trade. Yeah. Yes. You know, and today we can say something similar of, well, should I not buy a smartphone? You know, mm. there's there could be slave labor in my yeah. iPhone. Yeah, very good Chocolate, question. am I supposed to stop eating chocolate? Or, right. yeah. you know, all kinds of other things that... Sure. And then we just kind of don't want to look at it, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. the world we live in. Right. Yeah, it's a hard, it's yeah, a hard we, thing. I, personally, I don't think uh, once... I, f I feel like once you are aware of something, you are now responsible for what you are aware of. And uh, we're responsible for, um, if we see something going on wrong or we know of something going wrong, then we need to, to do something about it to help change it. And I believe that this show, um, I had a lady to send an Instagram message to me um, just saying how the story completely changed her entire life. And she's been sitting back like trying to figure out, you know, I don't understand what's going on, especially what's going on with the, um, Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on in the nation today. Um, she said, I see what my responsibility is now uh, to help. And that touched my heart in a way that I've never been touched before. Um, because that's what I, that's why I do theaters, because I want the story that I'm telling to be able to not only just give a person, you know, a, a wonderful night out, but really transform uh, their thinking to become better people. But how was it for you, Isaiah, mm -hmm. playing a slave, mm -hmm. given that, you know, you're an African-American? Mm -hmm. What did that mean to you personally? Personally, um, it's, hmm, it's a challenge, um, but it is also an honor um, because I get to, in a way, mentally go back to what my ancestors had to go through. And I, I get to research and I get to uh, have a better understanding of, of what it was like, uh, even though I wasn't there, um, but being able to walk in those shoes and be able to tell their story um, is is such an honor and it's an honor to be able to present it to other people so that their lives can you know be changed uh, through that through these stories that are and true. And that you're honoring those ancestors. Yes, yes. That didn't have anybody to speak up for right. them at that time. Yes. 
Um, Chris, tell me about the abolitionist movement in England during that time. Well, what we had to do is to, it, it, Amazing Grace is not just the story of John Newton or his life. It's the story of, the, of a nation finding its conscience. So what we had to do is we had to borrow from different eras and different places. So the slave auction you see is portrayed as happening in England. It would have been more appropriate to Jamaica or uh, you know one of the islands. We speak about an uprising uh, that actually happened in New York City. Uh, that's the one where we talk about the fact that they, they burned uh, slaves at the stake. This is in 1744. I mean, this is, you know, no joke. Uh, they were completely paranoid about the idea of slaves uh, uprising. So abolitionists were a mortal threat. Uh, there was tension with France, and, you know, they saw the abolitionist movement as sort of a shill for the French trying to topple the economy. Destroying the slave economy at that time would be like going out today and saying, we're going to abolish the oil industry. Mm. It's wow. just gone. No gas, no lubricants, mm -hmm. no uh, uh, fuels. Mm -hmm. That's how they looked at slavery. It was everything, and nobody could ever imagine it being gone except for this very small mm. group. And that's why their song uh, starts with, it begins in the dark. And it really did begin in the dark. Mm. And they were, the British were successful in eventually abolishing slavery. Yes before the United States, and, and we had to fight a civil war over yes, it, yeah. unfortunately. So John Newton was essentially drafted into the Navy. Mm -hmm. What does that mean, and what happened to him on that ship? He was in, they called it impressment, uh, mm -hmm. and that's what impressed uh, means. They could literally grab you off the street and pull you into the Navy for five years. And he was so terrible on the ship, <laughs> they actually had to get rid of him. I mean, they just couldn't have him on the ship anymore. And, uh, Terrible in what way? He was profane. Oh, he, he, and yeah, he was profane. He didn't obey orders. He caused dissension. He stirred up the, the crew. We don't portray all of it, mm -hmm. uh, but he, he literally was so bad they, they traded him for other people. In our story, we, we sort of condense the history, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we, we have the sinking, and it's, it's a metaphor for his helplessness. And you know, there's, we have a scene where Johnny's actually drowning. He's physically drowning. And it's only uh, Pakuta uh, who, who comes in and saves him and dives in to get him. And it's true that John Newton almost did drown, although you know we don't know all the details about it. But he, uh, he, his life was one catastrophe after another. <laughs> it's true. Mm -hmm. It's almost amazing yeah. at mm -hmm. how many things he survived. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to it was amazing to him. That's mm -hmm. what that's what he. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't believe it, and you know he always thought that he was one catastrophe away from not making this change and and sort of disappearing forever into history. And he did see it as an honor and a, a, an obligation to then go out and live his life in a way that was worthy. Chris, in the musical use, you show <coughs> the sad truth of the complicity of <coughs> African leaders in yeah. the slave trade. Yep. In essentially rounding up their enemies and sending them off into the slave trade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we portray Princess P.A. A lot of people sort of say, oh, is, was that a real character or is that a fictional character? Well, the one that you'd think was fictional is Princess P.A., and she was real. Mm -hmm. And she was a warlord princess that got control and just went crazy and sold her people and sold other uh, you know, people from other uh, people groups in the area 
and it's a very sad moment uh, in world history. But even today, you know, when you have, uh, you know, you, young Ukrainian girls being sold, they're being mm -hmm. sold by other Ukrainians. Russia, Thailand, all of these places, many times it's not about skin color, it's about power. And it's about the ability to treat others as if they are objects. Mm -hmm. And uh, that hasn't gone away. That's yeah. something we still have to fight. Power and money. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. Well, I Isaiah, you have a moment in the musical where it's the kind of the scene where you and John Newton come face to face. Mm -hmm. And you, your character says something like, you know, what's my name? Who mm -hmm. am I? What? Tell us mm -hmm. about that scene. Uh, so um, earlier, earlier in the show, we um, find out that Thomas was captured right after his little brother um, drowned. Uh, and it was basically his fault um, because he was focused on getting more money. Uh, cowrie shells is what we, uh, what we uh, reference in the show. Um, his job was to dig for clams. That was his job, but getting cowrie shells were a little bit more money in return. And so while his little brother was uh, you know, digging up for the clams, he went out get to get cowrie and his um, little brother drowned. And so he didn't go back home um, because he couldn't face his father. Um, with that, you know, tragedy. And so he just started to, you know, walk away and that's when he was captured. So he never had the opportunity to go back uh, to, to his father. And so his father lost, you know, two sons. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, in the story, we talk about how um, the last thing that he ever heard his brother say was his name. And so throughout the show, um, I'm always, that's, that's the only thing that I have. Uh, left of family or of pride is my name, um, and so. And of course, in slavery, they change the names right. and name them whatever they right. want. Right, yeah. and so my so my name that I was given uh, when I was brought uh, to um, Chatham was Thomas, and I have not heard my true name being, uh, or I haven't been addressed as Pakute um, at all until that last scene uh, when John and I are face to face and uh, I was just um, purchased again um, by him um, for freedom. And this is the first time that he's ever heard my name and this is the first time that anybody else has called my name since my brother's death. So it's very, very powerful mm -hmm. for me. What role do you think the character Thomas or Pakuta played in John Newton's transformation? Um, I would say, hmm, kind of like a father in a way, or an older brother, um, our, the, uh, the guy that plays John Newton, Michael Burrell, um, he and I are actually roommates, and so uh, we had the opportunity to sit down and just come up with some backstory for us on stage to kind of connect a little bit more. And, um, and so we came up with the story that we just, you know, I was the person that he always came to tell his problems to, and uh, his father never had time for him. And so uh, this story really, really shows um, how not having that father figure in your life can really, really, I don't know what the word is, it, it can just really bring some challenges. Um, and so we see those challenges grow into 
more tragedies in his life. Um, and so I, I, I see myself as a, as a father figure or a big brother uh, to him because I'm not that much older than him. Um, well, maybe about 19 years or so older than him. Um, and so, yeah, like a father, just someone to just bring calm and wisdom uh, to him. And, and Thomas really did love him mm -hmm. and, and cared for him. Mm -hmm. And in the end, you know, before the transformation, John Newton betrayed him. Mm -hmm. He treated him badly. I mean, it was. And that was, and that was symbolic of because sometimes if I, if I say to you, John Newton sold a thousand human beings into slavery or 10,000, our brains just sort of have a pop-off valve where mm -hmm. it ju we just can't hear anymore. And the character of Pakuta was crafted to make it personal mm -hmm. and to make it uh, uh, a, a betrayal of an individual. Uh, the truth is there were thousands of Pakutas. Mm -hmm. uh, there were thousands of Nanas. There were, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the choices we made and the way they portray it on stage each night is so gripping and, and it, it it almost makes me feel like I shouldn't be there like oh man this is just too personal but once forgiveness happens and you see these people come together uh, it's just such a great portrait of what we need in our own lives and in our own country. You, the, the byline of the musical is the song of freedom. Mm -hmm. Why is that? It's just always been that. And from the civil rights movement all through the 60s mm -hmm. and 70s and 80s. Uh, but, but back to his time, this was a song for people who did not have power, but could have faith and could uh, move beyond their circumstances. And I think that's why everybody, and, and in Amazing Grace at the end of the show, everybody stands, everybody sings. We don't ask them to, uh, they just do. And tears in their eyes, it's one of the, most beautiful things is seeing the grown men who've obviously been, <laughs> they've been dragged there by their wives, we know. <laughs> and they're, they're weeping. Uh, and I love that. I love that it touches people in unexpected ways. Mm -hmm. I wonder about the the resonance of that song, Amazing mm -hmm. Grace, especially mm -hmm. within the African-American community. Mm -hmm. For me, growing up, I had no idea about John Newton. And um, man, had I known that story, like uh, learning that song as a child, I think it would have, it would have had more meaning uh, to my life. But I think this story came into my life in a um, perfect time with what's going on. Uh, right now, um, it's uh, it's uh, it's so hard to explain. Um, the The ability to give grace to someone that is so undeserved, or so you, that you feel is so undeserved, is such a beautiful thing, and it's so hard sometimes to um, to receive, and sometimes it's very hard to give. Uh, but once that's given, it it just changes um, a person's mindset, or it should, I think. Um, and so that this song is just 
this is a testimony of my life and it's been a challenge for me that I've have been uh, kind of using as a daily challenge actually is like how can I give grace to someone today somebody didn't do this okay let's show some grace let's go help them out ask them you know how we can help them you know or so I've been using this show um, as, as a daily challenge for me to be able to show grace to people uh, whether they deserve it or not especially at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, you, when you're already thinking about giving, and Christmas actually occurs twice in the show. We, mm -hmm. we, we, I love Christmas, and I think uh, it brings out uh, parts of us that we don't normally express. And uh, it's just a wonderful time to hear this song as sort of the ultimate song of, of thankfulness mm -hmm. and of giving. And uh, that's what it means and to me. And really transformation. Yeah. Because, you know, America is all about the second chance, right? Yes. The, you know, yeah. I was once this, and now I'm this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, he really was. And it's a challenge. Like we say, we're, we're each challenged. Cast, uh, crew, creative team. When we saw this life and we saw this uh, transformation, it made us take hard looks at ourselves. And, uh, and that's a good thing. And it continues to be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Every time I see the show, uh, they bring something that I didn't expect, and uh, and that just gives me more, gives me power to go out there and face the day. <laughs> Are you going to write more musicals? I am. Uh, Are you working on something? I'm working on several things. I'm okay. working on a children's musical, and then I'm also working on one about St. Patrick. Mm. Oh, was interesting. Another, was another fascinating individual. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I believe he was enslaved. He was enslaved. Okay. There's a theme. There yeah. is. <laughs> There's no plan. <laughs> I just love both stories. <laughs> well, best of luck to both of you, and thanks thank so you. much for being on the program. Thank you so much for having us. This has been the Mimi Gerges Show. You can see all of our programs on whut.org and YouTube. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. You can leave me your comments there. You can follow, share, retweet. You can also subscribe to our podcast and listen wherever you are. Thanks for watching, and I hope you'll join me again next time.